Good morning, good morning, good morning to those of you who are watching us this morning. So glad to have each and every one of you, to those of you who are here worshiping in the sanctuary, and to those of you who are viewing with us. To God we give the glory. If you're watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or if you are engaging within our live chat room found on our church website, I want to say welcome to St. Paul Online. We are getting ready for a wonderful worship experience and our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage along with you this morning. So real quick, we want to invite you to share this experience with others. If you have friends that you are connected with, why don't you take the time to invite them to our worship experience as well. So if you're watching us on Facebook, share to your personal timeline. You can also tag those whom you want to invite within the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and then text the link to this worship service to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room or on our church website, click on the invite button in your church in your chat window to share this experience with others. In other words, please take the time to share this experience with others. Listen, we are here for worship today and we're excited about it. But one of the first things that we want to do this morning is we want to take the time for the ordinance of baptism. We're excited about it, and we want you now to turn your attention to the pool. Reverend James Burney is baptizing this morning. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for that. Come on. Good you morning. Good morning. Good morning, church. Oh, we can do better than that. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. We ought to celebrate the fact that God has snatched another one from the jaws of the enemy. We've come to celebrate that this morning. A scripture is uh, Acts 2, 38 through 42. It said, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from the untoward generation. Then they that are glad received his word, was baptized. And the same day there was added unto them 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and breaking of bread, and in prayer. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand of praise again? Put your hands together as our candidate comes down this morning. as your Lord and Savior. Do you believe that he came and he died for your sins? Amen.
y'all. Can we celebrate him? Can we celebrate him? We can do better than that. Can we celebrate him? Can we celebrate what the Lord has done today? Come on, we can do better than that. Can we celebrate what the Lord has done? Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Listen, please remain standing for our call to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. Does anybody know that the Lord has made today? Oh, come on, come on, put your hands together. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, I don't know what you've come to do, but I've come to worship and praise the name of our Lord. He kept us all last night. He woke us up early this morning. He put breath in our bodies. We ought to give him praise this morning. We ought to give him praise because we're excited about what God is going to do in our worship experience. He's already saved somebody this morning. He's already done it, and we're excited about it. Our choir is going to come now, but let us please engage in worship. Amen. Amen.
Lord, I'm saved. I don't know about anybody else, but I am saved today. If you have your Bibles, our scripture this morning is found in Romans, the seventh chapter. I want to begin reading there at the 13th verse, and it reads like this. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For, for what I will do, for what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who, who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what, what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. And then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Thus endeth the reading of our word. May the Lord bless it and may you be edified because of it. For just a few moments, would you bow your heads as we go to God in prayer? Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Lord, we come before you. We come before you with glad hearts this morning. We are glad, oh God, because you woke us up one more time and you brought us into your house of worship. God, thank you for your house of worship. Thank you for this place that we call the St. Paul Baptist Church. We pray now, Father, that as we move forward in our worship, that you invoke your presence upon this place. Oh God, we can't sing. We can't preach. We can't even pray without your presence. So God, move up and down every aisle. Move in the choir stand. God, move in such a way that somebody today might hear you. They might see you. And they will leave here knowing that they have been in your presence. Oh God, we know that this is not about us. But today is all about you. This worship experience is all about you. We ask, oh God, that you would sit down in our worship. Oh God, we want to honor you. We want to praise you. We want to lift your holy and righteous name today. Oh God, we want today to be all about you. And it won't
wants we want it to be a day where we worship you where we honor you where we give you the glory because you've been mighty good to us oh god you've been good to us over the years oh god you've been so good to us that god we can't even count the number of blessings so god just shower down in this atmosphere today oh god shower your presence down in here oh god we leave here today we're gonna leave here leaping and jumping knowing that we have been in your presence god we love you we honor you and we praise your holy and righteous name amen amen come on let's give god some praise in here oh come on god is in the building oh god is in the building he is sitting down amongst us you ought to give him praise you ought to be excited God is sitting down right next to you. I don't know about you, but I feel God in this place. You may have your seats in the presence of God, but you know what? Even as you sit down, God is sitting down right next to you. You ought to be excited about that. Our choir is going to come now as we continue in our worship. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord. Come before His presence with singing. We will praise you. Magnify your name. Oh, glory to your name, Jesus. We worship you today. Worship the Lord with us. Oh, worship the Lord with us. Worship the Lord with us. Hallelujah. I will praise him. Sing choir. the Lord. your hands all over this room and sing it with us. I will praise you. Hallelujah. I will praise you. Praise the Lamb. Praise the Lamb for sinners Give Him glory. When 
cleansing fountain oh white for all my sin I obeyed the spirit when he said declaration Sometimes afar off are joined nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. Oh, come on. Having therefore brought in boldness, now we can enter into the Holy of Holies for the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus, it was shed on Calvary for the final sinner's creed. If you know that his blood saved you one day, come on, give him glory for his blood. Jesus, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. See his glory. Lord is God and wash away. He said. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody excited about the fact that he has washed away all of your sins? Oh, come on, come on. I need the people that know for themselves that if it had not been for the Lord going to the cross and dying on the cross, shedding his blood, that we would not be where we are today. You ought to give him praise in here. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. I said we ought to give him praise in here. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul can't help but cry out, hallelujah. Thank 
get the saved people just to lift your hands all over this place. Come on, lift your hand all over this place. You ought to worship him just for a few moments and thank him. God, we thank you. Come on. Come on. I dare you to just thank him. Thank him for his salvation. Thank you for his spilled blood. Come on. Thank you because it is that blood that has washed away all of your sins. Hallelujah. Oh, I think I need to say that one more time. It was his blood that washed away all of your sins. That's some good news in here this morning. It's good news for me. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Lord. I, and listen, I was so surprised. I've known that beautiful lady up there in the choir stand for a little while, Miss Jacqueline. I did not know that she had a voice like that. We ought to give God some praise. Come on. We have some gifted, some gifted people in this house. And we thank the Lord for the opportunity just to worship here this morning. As you are engaging with us in worship today, those of you who are watching us, let us know who you are sharing this experience with. If you share with friends using Zoom or another video chat too, let us know that as well. Then I want you to take a quick selfie of where you are watching in front of the screen. And I want you to post it on any of your social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And I want you to use the hashtag St. Paul Online or St. Paul Baptist NC. Share those pictures now or right after worship service is over. And if this is your first time engaging with us during St. Paul Online, post first time. And then I want you to share first time visitors link to either join us in a private Facebook group or to fill out a form so we can share with you your digital welcome packet. Our digital welcome packet. Listen, to God we give the glory. I'm so excited about this moment. Are you excited about this moment? I'm excited about this moment. And I'm going to tell you why I'm excited. Miss Marilyn White, Deacon Marilyn White, can you bring our brother who was baptized up to us? Come on. Come on, everybody. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is an exciting moment today. Oh, I need to put my... Let me put my mask on before I go down. <laughs> I think I can get excited. To God we give the glory. We are so thankful. Um, if you can come and step down here with me. I want to say some things to you. One of the things I want to say to you is what has happened today in your life. When you made the decision to turn your life over to God. When you did that. I just want to say to you that you made one of the, most, the best decisions of your life. When you decided to get on the Lord's side. When you got decided to get on the Lord's side, that was something so exciting. All of us can share in that experience the day 
that we gave our life to the Lord. It's exciting. It's exciting because you said, you know what? I'm changing teams. I'm changing teams. I'm no longer on the side of the devil. I'm on the Lord's side. <laughs> That's right. Look at you. He said, I can hear y'all to hear him up here witnessing, saying, yes, he did. Yes, he did. To God, we give the glory for what he has done in your life. We have some things that we want to give to you this morning. The first thing we want to give you is a Bible. <laughs> Amen. Listen, I know that you probably have a lot of tools, but this is going to be the greatest tool you can ever, ever have. This is the word of God. I want you to have this Bible. I want you to use that Bible. I want you to make sure that you read that Bible. Now see, I don't want you to feel like some of us, that we put the Bible over here to the corner and then we have to dust it off every time we pick it up to read. I want you to read that Bible because in that word, there are tools in there to help you to live. There are tools in there to help you to do what God wants you to do. Amen. So I want you to read that Bible. If you don't understand some of the things that are in the Bible, I'm here. There are deacons here. There are preachers here. We all are here to help you. Amen. So I don't, I don't care. I don't care what time of day it is. You call and say, I'm reading this word and I don't understand this. We are here to help you. Okay. Okay. And then we have a certificate for you. This is certificate of baptism. This certifies that David Lee Harrison II was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit on the 21st day of November 2021 at St. Paul Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want you to hang this up in a place where everybody can see it and where you can see it so you can be reminded of what happened today. It is signed by our pastor, Reverend Dr. Robert C. Scott, the senior pastor of this great church. Listen, we're excited about what God has done for you. I want you to have this, and I want you to use it in your life. Amen. Come on, everybody. Let's give God some praise for our new disciple. You may go back to your seat. Amen. 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 To God be given glory. I got a little happy. I want Peyton C. to come now and share his impact moment. Amen. Are y'all all right with that? Come on, let's give God some praise. Come on, Peyton. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Reminders like that, uh, reminders like that, man, help us remember why it is that we got saved, why it is that we stepped into the faith. Amen. Man, to, uh, Today, uh, we're going to head into our second to last part of the armor of God. Uh, second to last part of the armor of God. Um, in this moment with the children and youth, um, I want to get to talk for the time that I get to have uh, with them. Um, is how well do you know your sword? Is the title this morning. How well do you know your sword? The memory verse uh, for us is the same one as last week, but we'll be looking at the second part of that verse today, guys. And that says this, um, Ephesians 6, 17 from the New International Version, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
And the bottom line or the main point that I want us to get from today's message is this. Love the Lord and study his word more. Love the Lord and study his word more. I've honestly never been in a battle with a sword. I hope to never be in a battle with a sword. I've never trained with one. I've you know, never seen someone even really use one in real life. But where I have is in movies or TV shows, you know, like any kid that sees it and wants to try it when they get home. I've seen how they can make using swords look really awesome, make it look pretty cool. Surprisingly, one of the shows that came to mind when I thought about some shows that I've seen that include swords is Avatar, The Last Airbender. What? Why this show? Now, Avatar, you may have heard me use this example before. Avatar is one of my favorite favorite shows. I watched it when I was growing up as a kid. Now, in this show, there's a hero named Aang, and Aang has several best friends that all have special powers just like he does, but there's one guy named Sokka who does not really have a ton of special powers. Really goofy, really clumsy guy, but what he does know is he does know how to use tools. He does know how to use weapons, and one of the tools that he is really curious about using is a sword. Now, In this episode that I'm referring to, they're all traveling around in a group together, all of them as friends. And while they're in a shop of a local store, he discovers a sword, Sokka does, that he loves. And he hears of a famous swordsman that actually lives in the town where they are. Now when he hears that there's this master swordsman nearby, he wants to go. He wants to go and he wants to learn how to use a sword. They discover this master. The master's name is Piandao, but for our sake, we will call him the Swords Master. <laughs> As he begins to train Sokka, the Swords Master says to Sokka, and this is where I want us to focus today. The Sword Master tells Sokka this the first thing you must learn is that your weapon, your sword, is an extension of yourself. It's an extension of yourself. As he moves his sword around, the swords master continues to tell Sokka, the sword you must think of as another part of your own body. He tells Sokka the sword is a simple tool, but in the hands of a master, it becomes one of the most versatile or the most flexible of weapons. And just like your imagination, the possibilities that you can use it for are endless. And guys, this morning, just like a sword is supposed to be an extension of ourselves, the Bible is meant to be so much a part of us, so much down to the deep core of who we are, that, man, we are able to recall it, we are able to talk about it, we are able to live what is in it. That is how much it should be a part of who we are. But then, just like a sword, there are good ways and there are wrong ways that we can use it. Just like a sword, it can hurt people sometimes, even in a bad way. But when it's used effectively, it can help us in a fight. And we know who our fight is against. It's against Satan and the schemes that he tries to conjure up. And lastly, guys, the more we study, the more we examine it, man, the more we will see that scripture is so helpful for us to live in this world. And just like the swords master tells Saka, its possibilities are endless. Again, love the Lord and study his word more. Now, How is the word of God like a sword? We make this comparison. Paul is making this comparison here, guys. Cedric, I want to tell you how a sword, man, is related to the word of God. Its words are sharp. Its words have the ability to cut through any kind of wall that we put up. 
any kind of mask that we put up to hide who we truly are. God is able to break it down with his spirit and he makes the Bible move in and through our hearts. Scripture opens us up so that we can be ready to receive the love of God. It tells us what we've done wrong, but then it also counters that by telling us and preaching to us God's grace and his love for us. Now, the more you and I know the word, the more we're going to know how to use it. Just like the more we know about a sword, the more we will know what we can use it for. If we make it a part of the core of who we are, an extension of who ourselves, I believe we'll start to do what Scripture says. We will write it on the tablet of our hearts. We will write it on our minds. To do that, guys, we have to study it. We have to read it. We have to listen to it. We have to spend time in it. And parents, we have to model it for our children. Parents, we have to model this type of behavior even when we don't feel like it, even when they don't feel like it. We need to challenge them and ourselves to get in the word of God. Attend Bible study, attend Sunday school, and throughout your week, pray for God to give you and them a deep passion and a fire that burns for God and burns for his word. As the more we know our sword, which is the word of the Lord, it becomes a game plan for us to know how to go on offense and defense for God's kingdom. Now, the way we go on offense is this. In the Bible is the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ, right, guys? That tells us that Jesus died for us on the cross and that he has saved us from our sins. This same message is one that we're meant to share with the entire world. We are meant to go on offense for God's kingdom and win souls for Jesus Christ by sharing Jesus and his love with our family and our friends and everyone we come into contact with. And then, guys, it helps us defend ourselves. It helps us defend ourselves in a fight against Satan and the forces of evil. Against Satan, Jesus did this when he was tempted by Satan. He used God's word to fight off him with, his, with the lies that he tried to conjure up by using scripture even against Jesus. But Jesus countered it. He knew scripture so well that he was able to use God's word in such a way that he said, go away, Satan. And you will serve the Lord and the Lord your God only. Now this morning, guys, I also want us to know, and this is very important too, that just like a sword, just like any weapon or tool, we have to be careful with how we use it. It can be used for good, but it can also be used for bad. There's so many possibilities. Now, you might be asking, how can it be harmful, Peyton? How can it be harmful to use scripture? Well, guys, over the course of American history, over the course of world history, the Bible believes, the Bible has been used, believe it or not, to put people down, to hurt them. And especially during slavery, when I refer to it this way, during slavery, white slave owners would use scripture to, to put others down and to put black Americans and black people down, making sure that they would stay where they are as being less than they were. Isn't that crazy? The Bible can be used in such a harmful way that I've also seen Christians use the Bible to put down those in the LGBTQ plus community. Friends that we have that might be gay or dealing with a lifestyle that is different from ours. And we, the Bible has been used to put them down and tell them that God hates them for who they are. That couldn't be further from the truth. Guys, we can't quote the Bible out of context. We have to look at it. We have to use it the right way. Amen, right? Because when we use it the right way, the possibilities are endless. 
Scripture tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16 that when we use the Bible the right way, it is useful for teaching, for accountability, for correcting ourselves and others, for training our minds and our souls to crave God's love and his word. Guys, Scripture helps us be able to do everything that we're going to need to live out our lives for God, to follow his plan for our lives, and to realize that we are called to be children of God. Guys, how well do you know your sword? How well do you know your sword? This week, I wanna challenge you to discover that the possibilities are endless. We can use it to send encouragement to our friends, write it verses on a bathroom mirror if our mom or dad lets us, or we can read it before we go to bed at night and remind us that there's no need to worry about tomorrow. God's got it covered. Sleep in peace tonight. Amen. That's a good word. Why don't we thank the Lord for Brother Peyton. Peyton C. To God we give the glory for him. I want to um, share some observations with you this morning right quick. Um, The Thanksgiving office will be closed um, from Tuesday, November 23rd at 5 o'clock p.m. to Monday, November 29th at 9 o'clock a.m. All of us want to share in this Thanksgiving season with our families and our friends, so we ought to give God some praise for this Thanksgiving season. I also want to share with you that all COVID vaccinations in November will be a COVID vaccination site in December. We will be a COVID vaccination site for all three formulas, Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson. This is open to all first dose, second dose, and booster doses. The time is from 10 o'clock a.m. to 5 o'clock p.m. More details will be shared um, later. Um, marriage tune-up. The marriage ministry at St. Paul invites you to participate in a night to remember with Pastor Scott and First Lady Peer. Join them for a marriage tune-up, strengthening our marriages as we move out of the pandemic. Join us on Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, or our church website, or phone um, live streaming for an interactive conversation with the Scots as you seek to enhance your marriages in preparation for the new year. This program will take place Friday, December 3rd, 2021, and it is open to all who want to join. So share this event with your family and with your friends. TNT online. Due to Thanksgiving, TNT will not air this Thursday, but it will continue in December as we continue studying the book of James. On Thursdays at noon, we will host a live session, and at 7 p.m., we will host a live replay of the Bible study at 7 o'clock p.m. Make sure to join us online via Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, or our church website, or through our phone live streaming number. Kaya Charlotte, Um, Join the online Kaya Charlotte experience on Tuesday, November 23rd at 7 o'clock p.m. The topic of this month is God's grace and mercy. What is the difference between grace and mercy? Join Minister Jeffrey Stevenson, Ashley Jones, um, and, and Pastor Scott as we discuss various questions and concepts about grace and mercy. Sounds like a a wonderful conversation that's going to be had through Kaya this week. Sunday Morning Live for Kids and Teens. Join us for Sunday Morning Live Kids and Teens today at 2 o'clock p.m. at our Zoom link. Sunday Morning Live Kids and Teens. 
um, children between the ages of 2 to 18. All classes are virtual, so get your iPad, your computers, and smartphones, and get ready to join us today for an exciting study of God's Word and a building up of our kids' and teens' community. Individual links can be found in our post on Facebook, or you can email brichardson at spbcnc.org. If you'd like to teach these age groups, you can also contact Reverend Richardson. Your help is really needed. We ask that everyone who desires to attend um, our Sunday morning worship, registration is now open for next Sunday. If you have your phones open while viewing us on TV or your computer, you can scan the QR code showing on the screen. You can also click on the link that our digital ministers are sharing in the chat box. When you register online, you will be asked to complete a pre-screening health questionnaire. If we have visitors who do not register in advance, we will require that they register on site. We want to be able to provide necessary contact tracing if it becomes necessary. We are strongly recommending that everyone is vaccinated, but it is not a requirement. I don't know about you, but I have gotten my vaccination. I am happy, happy, happy that everybody in my family is vaccinated and we're gonna have us a good old Thanksgiving celebration. I don't know about you, but I believe that God is going to get the glory out of everything, everything that we seek to do. It is now our prayer time and um, we have some individuals that we want you to pay attention to paying particular particular for them um, we want you to pray for sister sadie simpson and um, we want you to pray for her husband please keep them in your prayers and um, we want to also keep in our prayers brother howard moore jr and arthur rucks we want you to keep in your prayers reverend dr paul drummond and his wife sister thomasina drummond Listen, you're going to see rolling on the screen other names of individuals that we want to keep in our prayers. Our dear brother um, Peyton's going to come now, and he is going to lead us in our intercessory prayer. We all bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning as we go to the throne of grace. Go to God. Dear Lord, we come before you this morning, God, so thankful for the opportunity to be able to worship you this morning, God. We thank you, Lord, for the ability for us to gather together, God, as one people, one family, one church, Lord, this morning, able to celebrate you and what you have done for us, God, through your son, Jesus Christ. God, I pray as we come to you right now for the different families, the different friends that we have on our minds, the people in our lives that we know of, God, that, that we hear of, that we know are hurting this morning, that we know we're going through a rough time, God, and maybe are not able to find a way out of the darkness that surrounds them. God, we pray that they're able to find the light that is you. We pray that they are able to find comfort, God, in you, that they're able to find comfort and love in your words and what you say to us, God, through your word. God, we love you so much, God, and we ask that you would be with those that are grieving around this time as the holidays come. God, we know that it's a time of remembrance as we remember those that we've lost. Comfort those, God. Be with them and sit around the dinner table with them, God. Let them know that even when they are alone or feel like they might be, God, that you are their friend, that you are close by, that you are near to their hearts. 
God, I pray that you would just be with us. God, give us the strength to continue to live this life for you. God, give us the ability, God, to to stay and live safe lives, God, that are hopefully vaccinated and staying strong, God, for you and in everything that we want to do, God, for you. God, we love you so, so, so very much this morning. We thank you again for who you are, God, and I pray that your son, Jesus, God, would just continue to be with us as we live this life for you, Lord. We love you so very, very much. We thank you for who you are, especially what you've done for us through you, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Why don't we thank God for that wonderful, wonderful prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to pray. I don't know about you, but just taking the time just to talk to God really means a lot. Amen. it's, It's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity that we have, and that is to go to God in prayer. But now, my brothers and sisters, it is giving time. Yes, come on, it's giving time. This is the time within our worship experience where we give back to God that which he has blessed us with. I don't know about you. Does anybody feel blessed today? Come on. I mean, I want the real people. They say, look, I don't have everything that I want, but I certainly have everything that I need. Oh, you ought to give God some praise for that. You have everything that you need. You have beds to sleep in. Come on, come on, come on. You have beds to sleep in. You have homes to live in. You have in your homes food to eat. Come on, we ought to give God some praise for that. I mean, we really, we really ought to give God some praise for that because when I think about our homeless community, they don't have places to go to. They don't have beds to sleep in. So when I think about having a bed to sleep in and it's warm, come on, there's heat in the house. Come on, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's a blessing to be able to say that I have a home to go to and I have a bed to sleep in. To God we give the glory. Listen, there are three ways that you can give here at St. Paul. You can drop off your offering envelope here at the church office. We do have limited church office hours. However, we want you to call before you come and say, I want to drop off my offering. You can also mail in your offering. You can mail in your tithes and offers to our church office. St. Paul Baptist Church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. And you can also go to ACS, um, that's stpaul.church, our generosity, to find the link to process your contributions through the access ACS church management system. Or you can give through Givelify. Listen, the digital ministers will drop a link into the Givelify giving platform if you are giving that way. To God we give the glory. It is time to give. Can we pray first? I want you to hold up that offering. Hold up that offering. Father, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we come before you. And Lord, we come before you lifting up our offering. God, we are so grateful. We're so thankful because you have blessed us beyond measure. God, thank you for homes to go to each and every day. Thank you for beds to sleep in. Thank you for clothes that are on our backs. God, just thank you just because we are here. God, it wasn't because of anything good that we had done. God, you blessed us anyway. 
You blessed us, oh God, and for that we are grateful. So today, oh God, we give out of that generosity. We are, you are generous, oh God, to us. And we give back to you saying, God, how grateful we are that you have provided for us. Thank you for being a provider. Thank you, oh God, for being a provider to us. We pray now, Father, that as we're lifting up these offerings, bless the offering, God, 100-fold. Bless it, oh God, in the name of Jesus, and give back to every giver. Oh, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God, we thank you so much for how you're blessing us and for what you're doing in our lives right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. They're offering um, baskets in front of you if you want to give that way. Amen. Please put it in the basket. Amen. To God, we give the glory. God, we give the glory. The ushers are coming by and they're going to pick up those baskets. You don't have to move. All you have to do is lean over and place in the basket if you want to give that way. Others are going to their uh, smartphones. you to continue to give but as you are giving I want to um, present our preacher oh my god I'm so excited that minister Erica Minor is going to preach for us today amen amen listen we have heard her teaching if you heard Bible study this week she is a woman that can go there with a taught word and we're so excited for her we're excited for her spirit we know that God is equipping her she is a student at my alma mater the Hood Theological Seminary in Salisbury North Carolina I'm so excited she is a wife and we are two brother Terrence Minor. We ought to thank God for that. And she's a daughter. And she's going to introduce our parents. I believe their parents are here. They are my lot carry buddies. That's how we met. And so I see you waving your hand. Hey, 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 y'all. And I'm so glad to see them today. So after the singing of our choir, the next voice you will hear will be that of Minister Erica Minor. Come on, let us put our glad hands together and receive her as she comes.
ministering to us this morning we thank you we thank you for setting the atmosphere in here oh thank you Lord thank you Lord Lord we thank you we love you good morning st. Paul good morning it is a pleasure to be with you this morning and to share in the world in the word with you. I thank Dr. Scott for this opportunity to stand in this pulpit and share in the word of God. Thank you to Dr. Redmond for your support today. Thank you for all of you who are present because you knew that you needed to be in the house this morning to worship God and let him pour into you. I greet you in the name of Jesus, and I am glad to be here. Thank you to my parents for driving three hours to come and support. <laughs> thank you to my mentor, Reverend Richardson, and thank you for your love, St. Paul, over the years. <laughs> I am glad to be here and standing here, and I feel the spirit of the Lord this morning. Let us turn in scripture to James chapter 4 verses 1 through 4 James chapter 4 1 through 12 my apologies and I'll be reading from the NIV translation 
We'll be continuing on in the series that Dr. Scott has been presenting to us about uh, living a better life. And the scripture reads, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend when you get on your pleasures. You're adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you? to judge your neighbor. Let us go to God in prayer. God, we thank you for being able to gather in your name this morning. Lord, we thank you for your mighty word. We thank you for the sword that you have given us. Lord, we thank you for the message that shall go forth. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds. Lord, we ask that this word not only land on our ears, but that it permeate our hearts and our attitudes, and that we leave here today changed for the better. Lord, thank you for allowing me to be your vessel, and let everything that I say be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Family, we are in an ongoing war. Whether you realize it or not, you became a soldier in this war the day you decided to follow Jesus and proclaimed him as your Lord and Savior. In this morning's scripture from Romans 7, Paul described the daily war that he fought while he was striving to serve God and become a better Christian. His battle is all too familiar to us. To paraphrase, Paul said, I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. Paul's words are from over a thousand years ago, yet they sound like they were written for us today. They sound like we could have wrote them ourselves. 
This struggle that Paul describes is an internal spiritual battle in which our old fleshly sinful desires are fighting to overcome what is Christ-like and holy within us. As you are striving to become a better you, it is imperative that you are self-aware of what is distracting you from focusing on God and obeying God's laws. Over the past seven weeks, this letter that James penned has provided us with perspectives on how our double-minded behavior not only causes us to sin against God, but causes strife and division between us and our brothers and sisters. Since we are nearing the close of this letter, it is time that we go to the next level in life application by digging deeper to get to the root of what is preventing you from being all that you can be for God. For our time together, my brothers and sisters, you may consider me Drill Sergeant Minor because you have been enlisted in spiritual combat training. So how do you successfully train for spiritual combat? To prepare for battle, you must undergo conditioning phases. If you want to be victorious, getting in shape for battle requires you to maintain faith and discipline. As a soldier and follower of Christ, you must know how to use your greatest weapon. And if you listen to Reverend C this morning, you already know what it is. You must know how to use your sword, the Holy Bible. You must read the word of God, and you must hide it in your heart. Because not only is the sword your battle plan, but it also provides instructions on how to wear and use your armor that God issued you for battle. You must implement a consistent prayer life to maintain a strong line of communication with God, who is your general, so that God can order your steps in this battle. You must take this training seriously because you don't want to lose and become a prisoner of war. Now that you're aware that you're in a battle, in case you didn't know, there are some things required. Conditioning phase one requires that you identify and study your opponents. You gotta know who you're fighting. Our first opponent is Satan. We all know that. We know the devil is out to get us. He has managed to pollute the world and fill it with ungodly wisdom. His slanderous and seductive tactics have infected society's attitudes, values, desires, and systems, causing divisiveness, instability, and corruption. You think you know the devil simply because you Googled his Wikipedia page, but keep in mind that the devil is studying you too. He studied your fighting stance. He knows when your guard is down and when you're vulnerable for attack. He knows how often you kneel in prayer and how many hours you spend reading your Bible. He keeps track of how many times you click on Zoom or YouTube to attend worship service. And he is monitoring the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart to determine if they're acceptable. Satan wants to win at all costs, and he does not care about the rules of engagement. But in this first verse of James chapter 4, 
James puts us on notice that the devil is not our only opponent. James informs us that you are your own worst enemy. You want to make your neighbor a scapegoat and blame your bad behavior on them provoking you. You think that God is tempting you. And some of you insist on trying to convince yourself that the devil made you do it. But James corrects all of this fake news and makes it clear that the worldly fleshly desires are already within you. Satan merely just presents an attractive assortment of temptations that the world has to offer to distract you. But it is you who chooses to submit to slandering and gossiping about your neighbor. It is you who chooses to let your guard down and actively pursue selfish pleasures. You who chooses to embrace greed, pride, and envy. And taking your focus off God and God's laws, you become double-minded. As a result, you lack peace and you have a war-torn heart. But also that mess that is battling within you, it overflows into the relationships that you have with your brothers and your sisters, causing conflict and quarrels. This is why the phase two of conditioning is so important. We have to stay alert, pray, and assess your motives. Matthew 26 and 41, Jesus reminds us or warns us rather that we must watch and pray because although our spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. If we aren't self-aware and alert, our worldly desires can become so strong that they can lead us into sinful acts to satisfy the flesh. You don't get your way, so you choose to turn to fighting and murder. And you may think that sounds extreme. You may think you wouldn't do that. But if you watch the local news or CNN, after 15 minutes, you see examples of violent crimes that were, that were committed simply because someone was coveting, greedy, or filled with malice. When you find yourself consumed by fleshly thoughts and feelings, I challenge you to pause and ask yourself, why are you so pressed? Why are you so pressed for what you're lusting after? Why are you so pressed to obtain it? What do you plan to do with it? What good will come of it? Does your desire align with the will of God? James makes us ponder if we're praying with wrong motives. Do we have bad intentions? Next time you find yourself feeling that mess, coveting mess, instead of holding on to arrogance and being jealous, what if you prayed and asked God for patience, goodness, and self-control? Instead of gossiping and fighting, what if you stopped and prayed and asked God for love, peace, and gentleness. We got to change our motives because when we choose to surrender to the mess, when we choose to surrender to the worldly pleasures instead of submitting to God, our fruit of the spirit rots. As we proceed, I want to make it plain this claim that James presents in verse 3. Uh, some of you may feel some type of way about it. James said, we, we do not receive... Uh, because we ask with bad motives. 
And you may be thinking, when I prayed to God, I wasn't being selfish. I really wanted this or I really planned to do good with this, but I still didn't receive it. And we have to remember, James is specifically talking about people with bad motives. He is talking about people that are not praying for their neighbor. They are not praying to spiritually mature themselves. They're not praying to serve the marginalized and do good in society. They are praying purely for selfish motives. But we have to remember how Jesus taught us to pray. And that's where we often go astray. We forgot what Jesus taught us. In the Lord's Prayer, it says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And we think because we didn't receive that God didn't hear our prayer. But we said, thy will be done. So if you prayed that and didn't mean it, why did you say it? Thy will be done. <laughs> Not our will. We must remember that God responds in God's time. You feel like you didn't receive what you prayed to God for, but God didn't tell you when he was giving it to you. God's time, not our time. We must keep in mind that God hears and answers prayers. It doesn't mean it's the answer that you was looking for. No is an answer. Not yet is an answer. Not your turn is an answer. This ain't for you is an answer. You have to hear what the answer was to know if God answered the prayer. When we don't stay alert and don't pray with good motives, we begin to align ourselves with the world. In verse 4, James is very Firm, he lets us know that our choice to befriend or flirt with the world is the equivalent of adultery. Now, you may feel that James's language is a bit harsh, like he says, adulteress. If depending on what translation you have, he says adulterers and adulteresses. He covers everybody. But James is intentional in this letter about his language. He knows exactly what he means when he said what he said. He is using the Greek feminine form. He intentionally is using adulteress, which is when a wife betrays her husband. And he chooses that on purpose because if you peruse through the, the Old Testament and look at the prophetic books, Israel, which is the audience in this letter, they are Jewish Christians. They are constantly referred to as the wife of God. And the sins that they commit are referred to as adultery, the equivalent of adultery. He uses this term on purpose so that his audience understands how great their violation is. But also he's reminding them that you know better, but you're not doing better. Our flirtation, our dating, our befriending the world is enmity. Okay, that may not be a word we use every day. So let me explain what enmity is so that you understand how serious this violation is. Enmity is a state of being actively opposed or hostile against someone or something. So when we choose to flirt with the world, when we choose to befriend the world, we tell God, I'm your opponent. We tell God that we don't want to do what he says. Basically, we commit treasons as soldiers of the Lord. It's treason, y'all. That's what we do. <laughs> God created you in God's own image. God breathed life into our lungs. God sent his son to 
shed his blood to save us so we wouldn't have to deal with this. God loves us and provides and protects and he heals us, but yet and still, we have the audacity to date the world right in front of God's face. And then we expect God to be okay with it and deal with us being in a relationship with God and the world at the same time. James refers to the Ten Commandments in verse 5. He tries to remind us that God is a jealous God. And why wouldn't he be? Why shouldn't God be? After all God has done for us, God only wants to love and save and commune with us. But when we love the world, we are an active opponent and God may have to destroy us. In spite of how messy we are on the inside and James comes in with some good news. You know, he's told us all about ourselves in verses 1 through 4. We, we have messed up pretty bad, y'all. But he comes in in verse 6, and he gives us a little bit of hope. And he tells us, but God gives more grace. We already have God's grace, but even in the midst of our messiness, God comes in and drops more grace on you, even though you don't deserve it. God keeps giving us another chance to get it right. God wants us to realign ourselves with him so we can repair our war-torn hearts and hopefully that will spill over into our relationships with our brothers and sisters as well. But um, James is really good at giving us reminders of things we're already supposed to know. And he says in verse 6 also, he has a scripture quoting here, which is from Proverbs 3 and 34, and he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I don't know about your translation, but in most Bibles, before he says this verse, it says, therefore. Now, anytime you see a therefore, that means something is coming. That there's, there's going to be a change in what he said. He said, God gives more grace, therefore, and then he drops the scripture on us. There's something required of us. God gives us another chance. Therefore, humble yourself. <laughs> Get it right. Humble yourself. Get it together. James doesn't want to leave us without a plan of action, though. He wants us to succeed and get back in right standing with God. He wants us to obey and actually do better. So, in verses 7 through 10, James gives us another step in our conditioning phases. He wants to see us progress further. He wants us to get right. And he introduces us to phase three, which is you got to follow a training regimen. You got to follow a training regimen. You got to have a plan for getting back right with God. Now, verses 7 through 10, if you notice in your Bible, I don't know if you're one of those people that likes to highlight and underline, but if you notice in verses 7 through 10, there's a series of verbs. There's a series of actions which are actually commands. He's given us instructions on how to get back in shape, how to get back right as a soldier of God, okay? So the first one that you should see in there should say, submit to God. Let's pause right there. Let's talk about how serious this command is. This first step, it just simply says, submit to God. And y'all, sometimes we mess up on the first day of training. We don't even get it right, and we just got the plan. So let me help y'all with what submitting to God looks like, because we all know how to submit to the devil really well. We've done that pretty good throughout our lives. So let's talk about the right way to submit to God. So when I was in the army, they used to teach us what is called hand-to-hand -hand combat. 
Some of you may not be familiar with that, so I'm going to give you a normal reference, which would be UFC fighting. All right? So UFC fighters, if you've never seen a match, I'm not going to encourage you to watch it. It's pretty violent, but it is what it is. And the reason that we have to learn hand-to-hand -hand combat in the Army is in case we drop our weapon or lose it. And Reverend C told us how dangerous it is when you can't find your sword. So we know that we're in a bad predicament when we don't have it. So you learn you learn hand-to-hand -hand combat. You know how to fight your enemy. You have to learn the tactics and strategies of your opponent. You got to know what to do when they move left, when they dip, when they get in their fighting stance. What is your fighting stance? What do you do to combat the enemy? But if you ever find yourself in a situation where you can't get out of the hole the enemy has you in, when your hands are bound, when your feet can't get loose, when you might get knocked out or when you feel you're on the verge of getting choked out, you got to tap out and let the enemy know that you are surrendering to what they've done to you. This move is called a submission. And sometimes you just got to reach on the floor or you got to put your hand on your, on your opponent and you got to let them know. I'm tapping out. You win. I surrender. I can't do nothing else. But sometimes you can't get your hands free. And sometimes you can't even get your foot free to tap out. So sometimes you just have to humble yourself and admit, I ain't got this. I'm not going to win. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't have another move. I don't have another tactic. And you just got to yell, tap, tap, tap. I submit to your will. I can't win. You win. And we got to do that with God. We got to give him our heart, our mind, our soul. Tap out. But first of all, God should never be our opponent anyway. How did we end up in a match with God? We've already gone wrong somewhere in this. When we tap out and submit to the Lord, give him your all. He wants all of you. And he deserves it. The next step in our training regimen is to resist the devil because he will flee from you. I don't know why I'm up here, Reverend C. Done preached all of this, but you know, <laughs> resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is a promise of God. And basically, what the way that you resist the devil is keep your sword in your hand and hide its words in your heart. And last but not least, Put your armor back on. No one told you to take your armor off. We are in battle. Put your armor back on. The next step tells us to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is a promise and this is a moment that in your heart you should be glorifying God because this is what draw near to God and God will draw near to you really means. If you're probably recalling this, remember James is intentional. This is stuff we're already supposed to know. You may have heard it as seek the Lord and you will find him. You may have heard it lots of different ways, but what this verse says to me is God never left. He was waiting on me. God is always standing there. He's waiting for us to come to him. He's already there. He's never left us. He's ready to forgive us. He's ready to take us back. He just wants to be in fellowship with us. So draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. And then wash your hands and purify your hearts. Now, this sounds really simple, and you, you, you may have heard this before, so, but I'll give you a brief explanation. When we wash our hands and purify our hearts, 
this prepares us to come to God correct. We can't just come to God any old kind of way, bringing sacrifices and coming to him in prayer. Remember, our motives are dirty. We need to wash our hands and purify our hearts and come to God and present ourselves the best way that we can. And when we do these first couple of steps in our training regimen, what it does is transform us from double-minded to single-minded. And that's where we want to be. Now, the next set of commands... I'm going to lump them together for y'all. I'm going to help you out because they should be done simultaneously. Now, we, we don't do God right. We, we know. We just come back to God any old kind of way or at least we try. We treat God the way we do in our earthly relationships. We know that we didn't say the right thing. We know that we might have stepped out on our loved one a little bit. We know we might have flirted with this person over here. I've been looking at somebody we wasn't supposed to be looking at. But to try and make it up, we want to kiss and make up with God like we do in our relationships. You can't kiss and make up with God that way. You can't buy God a Hallmark card and send God flowers and chocolates. You're not taking God to uptown to a fancy dinner. You're not doing none of that. Don't take God by Jared's and buy him a piece of jewelry. No. You need to grieve and mourn and wail and change that laughter and joy you got. Get rid of that because that joy and the laughter you got, that didn't come from God. That came from the world and that ain't the laughter and the joy that you want. Get back right with God. Show him that you are truly remorseful. You know good and well if your friend came over to you and said, I'm sorry, sister, that's not what I meant. Forgive me. And they said it just like that. You would call your other friend like, girl, she did not even mean it. She didn't even look sad. She didn't even cry when she said, I'm sorry. You would not forgive her. So why do we expect God to take us back if we don't grieve and mourn and wail and get rid of the laughter and joy that we got from the relationship with the world? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Don't come back to God with all this pride and arrogance like, I didn't really do nothing, but, you know, we'll agree to disagree. No, that's not how we doing God at all. Humble yourself. You was wrong. Now, that's the end of verse 10. And it feels like James could have stopped right there, right? We got our training plan. We know we got to watch and pray and change our motives. And we know who we fighting now. We good. Mm. But James felt like he needed to be sure that when we complete training... We don't turn around and get all self-righteous because we done got ourselves together. James decides he knows how we are. We want to throw shade and shame other people who's struggling in the conditioning phases. People who might have flunked out of spiritual combat training. I know y'all not like that. I know y'all not. <laughs> but in verses 11 and 12, he goes on to talk about how we act when we think we got our act together. James warns us about slander and hypocritical condemning of your brothers and sisters. Basically, he says what we already learned in chapter 3 of this letter, watch your mouth. He isn't saying that judging is wrong, though. He's saying that as Christians, we should be able to confront and correct our brothers and sisters when we see that their conduct and character is not Christ-like. You may disagree with me, but I would want Dr. Redman to tell me if I said or did something that didn't align with God's will. But I also know that when my sister comes to me, she's going to come to me with love. She's going to pull me over to the side. 
She's not going to embarrass me in front of all of y'all. She's not going to call up everybody and text it and put it on the internet and Facebook and be like, y'all, let me tell you what Minister Erica done did. She's not going to do that. And that's what James is talking about. We want to judge and chastise one another, but then we want to put one another on blast and let everybody else know how we messed up, even though we was just the same people in verses one through four. We get self-righteous real quick the second after we get it together. But we must approach our brother and sister with good motives. Don't chastise your brother or your sister simply because they're not doing what you think they should do. Don't chastise them because you're actually just jealous of where they at and what position they have. Your motives, them bad motives creep back up real quick. You just got out of 